0: Okay, guys, we're in lesson three today. We've been we're looking at living in a pluralistic world, learning how to talk in a world of change. And so, for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about the messenger and the message. Because you say, "Well, when we going to get to talking about how do I talk to a Catholic person or how do I talk to a Muslim person?" Well, before we ever even get there, I kind of laid the foundation of where we are in America and what America believes and how the church is reactive and how the church is perceived. We're going to talk about us today, first of all, the messenger. And then next week, we're going to talk about the message. What is the message? Can I tell, I'm tell? i going to tell you right now what the message is not, okay? In fact, this is a message that's confusing a lot of people. It's, called, quote, asking Jesus into people's hearts. That's not the message. You're going to find out next week. That's pretty simplified and can confuse people. The message is Jesus Christ. It's not asking him into his, in your heart. It's acknowledging him as, as Lord and giving your life to him. Okay, It's you giving your heart to him, not asking him to come into your heart. We'll talk about that next week. But we're going to talk about the messenger today, which is you. So the first thing we want to do is we want to get perspective. We want to get a perspective going on here. Because we're really in trouble today as a church. When I say a church, I'm not talking about us as an individual church, although we could fit into the category. But what I'm talking about is the church in North America. The evangelical church, the Bible-believing Christians who are in our country. We're kind of in trouble, and I'll tell you why. Here's one. The church is confused about its role. There's a lot of confusion as to what the role of the church should be. What's the role of the church? And you'd be surprised, I have people all the time who want to tell me what I should be doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what I mean by that is, I have people all the time who want me to endorse candidates because they think that uh, politics should be at the forefront we're confused about what our role is some people think that our role is the abortion issue abortion is wrong folks abortion is murder abortion is taking the life of an innocent child now in fact the pro choice people even say that they say it's the taking of a human life but their reasons trump the taking of the re- trump trump the whole issue of the sanctity of life Some people feel that it's the homosexual issue, that we need to be fired up about the Federal Marriage Amendment. Have you noticed they don't talk about that anymore? We're so confused about what our role is. And remember what I already told you last week, that the perception of the 18 to 29-year-olds, and that's the growing, because the older people are getting older and dying off, The perception of them is that we are motivated by a political agenda. Well, yeah, if we don't know what our role is and we're chasing after everything, you know? So we're confused. So what do we need to do? Here's the perspective. We need to refocus on the main issue. What's the main issue? What is the main purpose for our being here? So let me let me I'm gonna ask this question. And I'm going to see what your answers are, but I will kind of hear what you have to say and then I'll share what it is. What do you think the main focus of the church needs to be? Okay, spreading the gospel, okay. Anybody else? Anybody got a different answer? Okay, letting Jesus' light shine, okay. That's the same thing, okay. Sharing the gospels, being disciples, okay. Everybody else? Okay, be an example, practicing non-verbally what we preach. Okay, alright. That kind of fits in with discipleship. And also, again, spreading the gospel. Okay? Anybody got something completely different? Okay, know yourself. Alright? Okay, the love of the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind. Okay, that's true. That's exactly right. That's the greatest commandment. Love my neighbor as myself is the second. And our expression of that love, according to the scripture, and we've already said it, Marilyn and Bruce hit it right off the bat, is our task is to share about Jesus, to tell people about who He is. So let me just have let me just go ahead and tell you this right off the bat. This may, I hope this doesn't infuriate anybody, but if it does, I'll, I think I got a thick hide. Okay. Biblically, our task is not to change a culture. Well, that's not what so-and-so said on the radio. Folks, so-and-so's wrong. So-and-so's expressing his opinion. Biblically, I would like, and if you think it is, show me. Because... um, It's not there. The task of the church is not to change the culture. Now, you say, well, it it did. Yeah, ultimately it did, but Christianity wasn't accepted by the Roman Empire until 300 years later. Do you understand? And up until that point, up until Constantine, they persecuted and killed Christians. Rejected it. And even in 320, when Constantine accepted Christianity, that didn't mean the whole empire just embraced it all of a sudden. There still was paganism. Here's what I want you to understand. When you look at the Gospels, when you look at the book of Acts, and then when you look at the epistles, which are the letters that were written by the Apostle Paul and some of the other apostles to the churches of that time, They are not talking to you about changing your culture morally. They are talking to you about sharing the gospel. And that you're going to be rejected. Do you understand? So somebody says, well, what about this thing about Jesus said we're the salt of the earth? Yes, Jesus said we're the salt of the earth. He also used other illustrations about us being light. Well, I remember so-and-so said that salt is a a preservative, and it's to preserve the culture. Yeah, okay, that's great. Let's use that definition and apply it to Jesus' time. Does anybody want to preserve the culture of Jesus' time? Who wants to do that? What do you mean? Jesus' time, pedophilia, was accepted you know what that is? That's sex with children. Jesus' time, infanticide was rampant. What is that? I don't like the gender of my child. I leave it outside on an ash heap for it to be killed by animals or somebody else to take it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we've got to be careful about how we take passages and try to apply them today. The issue isn't the changing of a culture. Biblically, the issue isn't the changing of a culture. Let's get a perspective here. We are to simply share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what our task is, folks. That's what our task is. Our task is to tell people about Jesus, who he is. That's what our task is about. So what does that mean? We need to rethink our approach. We need to rethink about how we come across. We need to rethink about what we're, what we're all fired up about. You know what we need to be fired up about? I'm going to tell you one thing we need to get fired up about. Jesus. Do you understand me? That's got to be the most important thing. We need to get fired up about Christ. Some of us, we get fired up about some of the most... I mean, yeah, we love the Steelers, but come on. Do you know what I'm saying? So where do we begin? So this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the messenger. I'm going to give you a bunch of thoughts today. Now, I want some interaction today. So, because I know last week Bruce said, man, you did not leave any time for questions. Okay? Here's the issue. I'm going to give you an opportunity now. If you got a question, this is this is like Mrs. So-and-so's class at school, okay? Raise your hand. Okay, and I'll go, wah, 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 wah. Okay? All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, Charlie Brown, you know, okay. Uh, I'm going to go through each point. I'm going to give you a chance to interact with it. Because some of them you're going to want to interact with. But we've got to we've got to get a new perspective. We've got to start from somewhere else. Because remember what I told you: the perception of the eighteen to twenty-nine year old is is that the people in church have a attitude of moral superiority, and that we're judgmental. Do you understand what I'm saying? And how are you going to share with people if that's the attitude? Have you ever talked to somebody that thinks they got an attitude of moral superiority towards toward you? How are you towards that person? Are you receptive? Oh, I really want to listen to you all day. Not. Okay? Here's the thing. Let's talk about it. First thing. How real is Jesus to you? If you're going to be sharing the gospel... The gospel is not simply just the Romans road, four spiritual laws, ask Jesus into your heart. No, the gospel is a person. I'm going to share with you about a person who's real to me. Do you know know what I'm saying? So, like... I think about this, you know, when, when, when I dated, Lori and I are going to be married 20 years in June, okay? Super Bowls today, you know, 22 years ago I first met her on a Sunday Super Bowl. I think it might have even been February, 22 years, okay? She was not impressed with me, she was impressed with my microwave, okay? Because I was at a Super Bowl party at my house, okay? I was impressed with her. All right, But when we started dating and stuff, and somebody would say to me, Who, who are you dating? I said, I'm dating Rory Weaver. And, and then I would tell them about her. Now, do you think there was some passion there when I'm talking about her? Yeah! Because she's real. Some of us, when we talk about Jesus, it's like, oh yeah... Do you know what I'm saying? It's like a belief. Or some abstract facts that we maybe believe. So when I'm asking the question, how real is Jesus to you? That's the first thing that's got to take place in your life. If you're going to talk about him to somebody, if you're going to share the gospel, is the reality of Jesus to you? Is he real to you? Is he interacting in your life? Do you understand what I'm saying? In fact, that, that really brings it down to the next thing. You've got to know what you believe. You've got to know what you believe. You've got to be in the Word. Because it's through the Word that God speaks to you. Do, you. do you understand what I'm saying? Hebrews very clearly tells us that He communicates through His Word to us. So you've got to know what you believe. Because, I, I mean, I've talked to a number of people. I remember this, I was just talking to some guy and he said, yeah, so and so says they're a Christian, but you can tell real quick, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, that's not good, is it? If you're going to talk to somebody about Jesus, don't talk about the church, talk about Jesus. And know what it is that you believe. How do I know what it is that you believe? You study the word on your own. Do you understand what I'm saying? You get into it and you know Jesus as he interacts in your life. Here's the other thing. Do you genuinely care about people? Because the whole issue of sharing, the whole issue of sharing about Jesus is because you genuinely are concerned for other people. So let me ask you a question. Every one of us here has a friend, a relative, somebody that we work with, or a neighbor that does not know Jesus. Am I right? Do you genuinely care for them? Do you? Do you genuinely care for them? Do you? People know the difference. People know the difference. Remember what I told you that the 18 to 29 year old said about the church today? Is that all we're interested in is numbers? Somebody filling a pew and putting an offering plate, something in the offering plate? And we've rightfully gained that reputation. Because what they've gathered is is that we don't genuinely care about them as a person and what's going on in their life. We're just concerned about them filling a pew. So do you genuinely care for people? People know the difference. And so that brings up the next thing. Are you concerned about the destiny of others? Are you concerned about what their ultimate destiny is? Are you concerned about whether or not they're going to hell? See, most of us, can I be honest with you, we are concerned, but we take things for granted. What do you mean by that, George? Well, we just assume that everybody has a long period of time to live. Do you understand what I'm saying? We all assume that we're all going to live to be 120 years old and be cranky in a nursing home somewhere. Do you know what I mean? We just all assume that. But you know what, guys? I'm going to be 47 here. What's today, the third? Ten days from now, I'm going to be 47. And in 47, I've watched lots of young people die. I've watched people that I thought should not have died die. We don't know how long somebody has. You've had loved ones tragically taken, gone. In the prime of their lives. So, I mean, are you concerned about the destiny of others? You really need... Why? Because here's the thing. Remember that we understand what the future holds. We understand what the future holds, right? I mean, the bottom line, what's the future hold? What do you mean, understand what the future holds, George? Here's what it means. Yeah, what, Bruce? Yes. Yeah. Actually for a person yes, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Go ahead. Um, here, Bruce is raising a good key thing, but Bruce is raising it from the perspective, I mean, just stop for a moment. Bruce is raising it from the perspective of somebody who's sharing. Do You understand? My question is from the perspective of, are you sharing? Because you understand the future. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's where my question is coming from. Bruce is asking a question, what do you do when you don't want to be overbearing? You don't want to be the Holy Joe constantly beating somebody over the head with a Bible type thing. And there is a point where you have to learn to, okay, back off and just pray. Because it is the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that in a moment, Okay. All right, so that, that's a good question, Bruce. And we'll, as we get going through the weeks, we'll talk more about that. You had a question? Well, it's not a question. It's just a, an observation. Going on what you said before, if you care about a person, that's the first step before you talk to region. Yeah. You, then they ask you why. Why are you treating them yeah. like crap? Yeah. like crap. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's – that, yeah, go ahead, Bruce. Do, I mean, the only reason why you – could be overbearing? Yeah, yeah, because you're concerned, Like, especially if, they're, if you're watching them destroy their life. Do you know what I'm saying? If you're watching them go down a path of destruction, you are very concerned. you know what I'm saying? And you're pleading. But if they're blowing you off, there's only so much you can do. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. You did use a word, John, that I think we need to drop out of our vocabulary when we talk about sharing. Preach. We gotta drop that word. Your task isn't to preach at people. Your task is to talk to people. You understand? There's a difference. Okay? There's a difference. Alright. So you gotta you gotta remember, you gotta understand what the future what do you mean understand what the future holds? Well everybody understands that ultimately everybody's gonna stand before who? What? Who we're gonna stand before? Specifically who? We know we're gonna stand before God, but specifically who? Jesus. Because he's the one who's going to execute judgment. And if they don't know Christ, what is their destiny? Hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hell. So, here's the thing. Understanding the future puts everything into perspective. You and I, understanding what the future is... Now again, let me just talk... I'm not talking about what's going to happen next week. I'm talking about the ultimate future, the ultimate destiny of things. If I understand, it puts everything in perspective. Folks, it'll put everything in perspective as far as what's going on in our culture. What do you mean? Because the scripture tells us that everything's going to get what? Wonderful? Bad. Everything is moving towards the crescendo of events that bring Jesus Christ back, right? Where the world embraces a false ruler, the Antichrist. See, all that we've got. To, we've, we, if anyone understands, it's Christians. If anyone understands, it's Christians. So you got to you got to remember, and you got to understand. So if, okay, that puts everything in perspective. So that brings up this next issue then. Does your life reflect what you believe? This is really important. I think uh, Jim was talking about that a little bit, about living out without it necessarily speaking what you believe. I mean, does your life really reflect... Would you believe? Does it reflect that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came to die for you, that He gave His life, that you have the forgiveness of sin, that you are now freed from sin? You can say no to sin. You are forgiven and therefore gracious to other people as well? I mean, is it reflected in that? Because here's the point. Your message is meaningless if your life Isn't true. It's meaningless if it isn't true. Do you understand? If your life doesn't reflect what you're saying. Now let me just stop for a moment. That does not mean you have to be perfect. Because can anybody be perfect? There's only one who's perfect. Who's that? Jesus. It doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. You're going to sin. Does everybody understand that? You're going to sin. But there is a difference between professing one thing and then totally living a different way all the time. And people see right through that. And your message is meaningless if your your message isn't true. In fact, it contradicts the message. If your life doesn't back up what you're saying, It's going to contradict your message. In fact, I'm going to say this. The more you talk about the message and continue to live in another way, the more harm you're doing. Do you you understand? You might as well just be quiet until you get your act together. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you're just doing harm. Here's the other thing. Our task is to share. God is the one who saves. So let's stop. We're going to move on to a different area now. When we talk about sharing, your job isn't to go around saving people. Does everybody understand that? I, I need to do that because sometimes people get all hung up. Well, if I don't even share, you know, they'd be... No, no, your, your job is to share the story. Your job is to share about the person. It's not to save the person. Who's the one who saves the person? Jesus. Okay, if you want to write this down, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Go back and look that up on your own. There Paul tells us that our gospel is not veiled, it's not hidden. But if it is, it's because the God of this world has blinded the eyes of unbelievers. So that they can't see. So the reason why people are able to see and understand is because God helps them to understand. God's Holy Spirit is the one who reveals to them and works in their life. So your job is simply to bring the message. God's job is the one who gives them, helps them to understand, who helps them to see, and then who helps them to believe. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is the one who's involved in the salvation process, not you. We don't save anybody. Okay? We don't save anybody. Our task is to share. Now the problem is, so many of you here are living in might be living in guilt. What do you mean? Because maybe years ago you heard some preacher say to you, Well, you'll have their blood on your hands. How many of you have heard that? Folks, that's that's a guilt trip thing. you realize if that's true, take that logic to, it, to its next level. If, you, if that's true, that you have their blood on your hands, when they stand before the great king in that day of judgment, Jesus, the excuse could be made, well, it isn't fair, Jesus, so-and-so didn't share with me. There's that, not going to be any excuse. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's not going to be any excuse because they'll have every opportunity to respond. The, th- the thing is, is, if you aren't the one sharing, God's going to maybe raise up somebody else. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? The thing is, you need to share. So, our task is to share. Here's the other thing. We want them, here's, when we share, we want them to come to an understanding of who Jesus is. How many of you remember Richard Lewis, who was here just a few months ago in the fall? Remember the missionary guy who had been to Africa? I met him when I was in Africa back in 1989. Richard tells a story, he may have shared the story in this thing. He tells a story about being out in the bush. Which is where he loved to be. He loved to be out in the bush. And he had an American pastor with him. And these two Pocot Stone Age warriors from the Pocot tribe, these Stone Age warriors came up to their campfire. And all they had on, he said, was basically a blanket. That's, you know, I mean, they're primitive. And they sit down. And the preacher, who's a friend, of Richard said, Richard, interpret for me. I want to share the gospel with them. So he said, this guy then shares a gospel presentation, he said, which would be about like what Billy Graham would share. It was a really good gospel presentation. And so at the end, he, he asked them if they wanted to pray the prayer, and they wanted to pray the prayer. And, and so this guy goes back to America. He led two, two Pocot warriors to Jesus. Because they prayed the prayer. Richard said a couple months later, he was in the nearby town, and he saw these two warriors again. And so he he got curious, and so he went over and he asked them. He said, hey, do you remember when we were out there and the, when you came to our fire? He, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And do you remember my friend shared that story with you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think of that story? Oh, it was a great story. Wow, yeah, yeah. Did you understand anything he said? No, but it was a great story. See, here's the thing. Did they get saved? They had no understanding. In fact, here's what he said. He says, you and I need to be students of our culture. Because you need to understand, we, we, we rightly, we assume that everybody under, has an understanding of who God is and who Jesus is. Folks, they don't. Not anymore. They may have a concept of God, but we don't know what their concept of God is. You've got to ask them what their concept of God is. Okay? You've got to ask them. And then you've got to show them what your concept of God is. You've got to ask them what their concept of Jesus is. Then you've got to show them from God's word what the real concept of Jesus is. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to talk to them, find out where they're at, and be able to communicate to them to help them to understand. Now let's just stop for a moment. How many of you like going to Walmart and have somebody come up to you and say, Hi, what's your name? Hi, Scott. How are you doing? Hey, let's talk about spiritual things today. Can you tell me about the deepest thoughts that you have about God? He says he would tell me to buzz off. What's the matter with him? How many of you would agree with Scott here that that's what you would do? The rest of you are too afraid to say yes. Okay, here's the thing. Nobody talks about spiritual stuff with people who are strangers. In fact, statistics show that. Statistics show that most people will talk about spiritual things with someone they know who cares. Spiritual things are considered intimate things. You've got to, listen, you've got to come across as being genuinely what? Concerned about them. Now think about some of our methodologies over the past. Remember visitation? Going door to door? How effective was that, folks? Do Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I saw lots of people pray the prayer. Yeah, I saw them pray the prayer too just to get us out of the house. Do you know what I'm saying? And then we never saw them again. Our point is, is we want them to come to an understanding of who Jesus is. So I've got to get to know them to what? Help them to come there. So here, here's what it means. I need to recognize that first of all, not everybody's going to respond. Okay, yeah, Steve, let's stop before I get my point. Your, your was... Yes. I said about just a little less than half go to church. Right, the the people that they say they're Christians is because they believe. Yeah, seventy-eight percent. Yeah, and I said, yeah, they don't understand. And if you remember what I said, simply because the word Christian means something different to every person, and that's what Steve's making a point here. They could just simply say, "I'm a Christian because I believe in God," and not have any other concept beyond that. Okay. Do you know, their God wants you to have a, an ice cream Sunday every Tuesday. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it could be anything. So, here's the thing. we got to understand, recognize that when you share, how many of you have found this to be true? When you share that not everybody's going to respond, right? In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, the Bible's going to tell you that most will reject. So get used to it. Don't take it personal. Some of us will take it so personal. Oh, I must be terrible. I can't get anything wrong. Nobody's responding. Folks, nobody's going to respond necessarily. Told me, possible, uh, some self, some yes. That's right. Go ahead, Rob. We we're, all we're all seed planters. Yep, we're all seed planters. And using the illustration that Bruce is taking from the scripture, you know, Bruce might sow the seed, somebody else may come along and cultivate. Somebody else may come along and water. But who's the one who, who uh who harvests? Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus. Uh there's one guy that used to say that it was called the law of seven touches. The law of seven touches, what is that? I don't believe it's a law, but that there at least needs to be at least seven or eight contacts with the gospel before somebody's even open to it and responds to it. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to respond to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? The, it, the point is, is that we've got to recognize that not everybody will respond. So here's where here's where we've got to understand. People are at different levels of understanding. Do you remember what uh, Steve just said? They may call themselves a Christian simply because they believe in God, but their understanding of who God is... do Do you know what I mean? For you, hopefully, your understanding of God is that Jesus Christ is God. But they may not understand that. So... We need, we need to grasp this. We need to grasp that people are at different levels of understanding. And that's especially true when you get to the younger crowd, because now, when we get to the younger crowd, most of them have not been to church. Do you realize that? Most of them maybe have a Bible that grandma gave to them, but they can't read it, because it's written in an older English. So, people are at different levels of understanding. So let's go on. They need to understand where they're at. What do you mean understand where they're at? You need to bring them to a place where they understand their need for Jesus. So if they're okay, let's 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 take this as let's let's say right here. We'll say this whole aisle is a, is a level of progression. Okay, and let's say you're starting back there at the doors, that's zero understanding. And all the way up here to the stool is an understanding that Jesus is is God, that he died for our sins, and that salvation is only through him. That's the level of understanding. So, you've got to, under when you talk to people, you've got to realize where they're at in that whole progression here. And then, where they're at is where you begin with them. Okay, Sam. Uh to a point, yes, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as we get into our study further in a few weeks. But not concerning who the person of Jesus is. It's usually about minor stuff. The reason why there are different denominations, guys, is because of minor discussions over doctrine. And beliefs, not major beliefs. Okay? So when we talk about a different denomination, we're not talking about a different religion. We're talking about whether or not we believe, you know, about infant baptism or something. Okay? All right, let's go on real quickly. I need to help them to understand. So the thing that I'm going to do when I'm sharing with them is I'm going to try to help them to understand. All right, here's the other thing. Don't take rejection personally. Don't take rejection personally. Expect it. So if you're going to share with somebody about what you believe, chances are, again, you might get rejected because, and that may be the day. Like they don't want to talk about that today. Don't get don't get all. You need to expect that. A lot of times, people aren't going to want to talk about it. Okay. All right. Let's go on. Sharing about Jesus is a process. It's not like a one-time thing. Beat them over the head. If you're going to share with them about your Jesus, you've got to look at it as a process which comes through, here's the thing, folks, relationships. And here's the bottom line. You can't argue somebody into the kingdom. I already told you about the negative perception people have. All right? The negative perception people have about us is that we're judgmental and hypocritical. And, folks, can I be honest with you? As far as the world's perception of people in church, they're correct. And if you come across with an attitude of moral superiority, when you try to share with them, a lot of times you're going to come across as being argumentative. And folks, you're not going to convince anybody about the reality of who Jesus is and about his love for them. You're not going to convince anybody of that. So you can't argue anybody into the kingdom. It's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how many, how many of you are convinced by arguments? Arguments? I mean, you know what, I told you, Lori and I are married for 20 years. I can tell you the best times when we come to decisions in our marriage is when I fly off the handle, we have a big brouhaha, and that leads to a decision in our home. Do you think that happens all the time? No. Never. Decisions aren't made in arguments. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's the other point. Don't obscure, here's the last point, don't obscure the message with meaningless opinions. What's the main thing again, folks? What's the main thing? Jesus, right? Your opinion about something else is only going to obscure it. So stay on the same path, the the same focus. Do you understand? Okay? Okay. All right, next week we're going to talk about the message as we talk about living in a world of pluralism.